Welcome to the BeyondTheBaselines.com podcast, coming to you from Vero Beach, Florida, and Marion, Massachusetts. Hosted by Ed Chenefy, this is the podcast that researches and investigates the club management and facility side of our business. Hello, and welcome to the BeyondTheBaselines.com podcast. I'm Ed Chenefy, I'm your host, and this week, Vera Gibbons joins the podcast for a discussion of all things tennis, presidents, and the steady migration of Americans to southern states, and what that might mean for tennis, court availability next winter, let alone dinner reservations and traffic up and down the Florida Peninsula. Vera is a heralded newscaster who started her career on the financial side of journalism at the Kiplinger Report. She moved on to CNBC and the show High Net Worth and was a part of CBS's financial team at The Early Show. Many of you will know her more recently as a contributor to both CNN and Fox News. Not an easy thing to do. Vera Gibbons has worked in all the New York News TV studios, but now discusses why home is wherever that mic is as she launches her own NOPO, short for No Politics, podcast. We discuss all things tennis and her motivations to leave New York City and move to the Sunshine State. How will the courts in Florida deal with all the people and the onslaught of northern migratory players, especially once the large leagues start to play again? Life could be very different after covid and Vera doesn't see a way back to the normal 9-to-5 work for most industries. That lifestyle, she says, could be toast. Vera has played tennis from Newport to Boston and then on hallowed courts in Palm Beach and Lantana, Florida. Her backhand is getting better, she says, and having moved to Florida, she has a game every day. She's left wondering if and when she might ever think of migrating back north. But before we let Vera take over the mic, I'd like to mention that you can find all that we do at Beyond the Baselines on our website, at beyondthebaselines.com. You can contact us directly on Instagram at beyondthebaselines and on Twitter at beyondbaselines. We look forward to hearing from all our listeners. And now, straight from her home studio in Palm Beach, Florida, and without the hour of hair and makeup, here's Vera. today with me we've got Vera Gibbons all the way from Mattapoisett Massachusetts but she's down in Palm Beach right now in her new favorite home welcome to the line Vera and thanks for being here thank you for having me I'm never leaving Florida never ever ever I love it down here so nice well it's not just the weather is it what else tell us about Florida why do you love it so much well it is partially the weather because I do not have seasonal affective disorder down here at all Almost every morning when I wake up, I'm pretty happy. I ride my bike to Manalapan every day. I have a really great outdoor lifestyle here that I never had in New York City. New York City, all I did was pretty much run in the park, and that was it for the outdoor activities. Here, I feel like I'm out, you know, three quarters of the day. And it's just beautiful, beautiful. It is, and, and, you know, we're fortunate it's open, kind, you know, kind of. But it's open. Kinda... It's open. Right. Yeah. There's outdoor dining everywhere in Palm Beach. The restaurants are actually pretty busy. You have to get a make a reservation in advance. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's, yep. it's that busy. And but, you know, people are out with their masks on and whatnot, you know, playing it safe, of course, still. But a lot of people down here have had one shot, maybe two shot the vaccine. So they're feeling a little more confident that things are the worst, I should say, is soon behind us. I hope so. I hope you're right. I'm looking forward to summer up in Mattapoisett, Mary, and I love it up there in the summer. Uh, I'm, I'm glad I'm not there in the winters, just like you down here now. 
Yes, exactly. Exactly. It's just the problem is it gets dark at four o'clock there. And I feel like I put my electric blanket on at seven and I'm in bed at eight. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. So it's a little too uh, dreary for me there this time of year. Now in the summertime, there's no other place in the world I would rather be than in Mattapoisit. I just right. love it in the summertime. It is a beautiful spot. So I think you're catching up on your sleep from the days of uh, NOPO when you're doing your, you know, your journalism. Um, and for people who, you know, or listeners who don't know, NOPO is no politics. And uh, tell us about that, because you ran that for a long time, that newsletter. I don't know how many years, but it was it was always in my inbox. Read it a lot. But tell us why you started it and what happened and, and where you're going with it. Yes, you were a great supporter from pretty much from the get-go, as I recall. So for people who are just listening and who don't know what NOPO is or who I am, I started a daily non-political newsletter called NOPO. And every day, night, and into the wee hours of the morning, I would scan the internet trying to find the best mix of non-political news headlines. And I did it because I was so sick of the hostility between friends, relationships were blowing up, people were lashing out at one another. And I thought, this is ridiculous isn't there something we can talk about other than politics? And that was the gist of it. I started in the late summer of 2016. In June of 2020, we were acquired by a FinTech company in Boston and we retained the rights to use the NOPO name and to maintain some of our subscribers. So we have now transitioned to a NOPO podcast. Two of my regular subscribers came to me and suggested that we launch the NOPO podcast. So we're up and running. We've been doing it for several months now, and we're really having a really good time. It's on iTunes. It's on Spotify and some of the other platforms. And we're also in five or six local radio markets. So we're pretty, 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 pretty happy with where we are at this point. I think we have 10,000 downloads and we're getting some good reviews, but the podcast world is very cluttered. <laughs> there's, a lot of, there's a lot of competition out there. There's, everybody's doing a podcast. Yeah, well, COVID has kind of uh, made the podcasts uh, top of the top of the headlines, really. Yes, um, because so people have time. They have a lot of time. So if they're not li- downloading podcasts, they're binge watching Netflix, uh, Amazon Prime. You know, a awful lot of TV watching going on. Yep, and and I was drawn to Nopo because you had you had set it up in such a way that you had like fashion, you had lifestyle, you had sports and fitness. Uh, you know, I know you play tennis. That's part of the reason we're going to talk to you in depth, but um, you had, you know, had financial, you'd really split, split it up nicely. Now, how are you doing that with a podcast? Do you have a certain topic each week or how, how, how are you doing that? Yeah, I've been doing, I, the, the, the week of, I kind of take a look at the headlines. I try to find the best mix of non-political news headlines for my co-hosts, Mitt, John, Mitch Rochelle and John Iannuzzi. We don't always get to everything because we're trying to keep the podcast to 30 minutes. Everyone is telling us that that's the sweet spot. Any longer than that, people tune out and this and that. Um, But it's a little more challenging with a podcast because the written word was more my thing. And I feel like we are often stretched on time. And at the end of the podcast, we do bring in a guest and that tends to go over a little bit. But we've had some great guests on the podcast. We've We've had everyone from... Dana Perino to Gene Chatsky to we had a country music singer on a couple of weeks ago. People say they like the guests. It really brings something special to the podcast beyond just Mitch, John and myself talking non-political news headlines. So it's been fun. It's been fun. 
That's great. Yeah, I think 30 minutes is uh, I'm, I'm cutting mine down to 30 too. It's, uh, you know, and as you gain, uh, as you gain sponsors, they take a couple minutes for those commercial breaks. So you got to really get your, your stuff in there. Now you said that the, the written word was more your style. And I, I did do a little research on you. Not that I know you that well. And it looked like you'd started working the Kiplinger report. And back in the day you were helping with finance, you were on the finance news side of things at CNBC. So, but you do cross over into TV because I've seen you on CNN, I've seen you on Fox, I've seen you all over the TV news. So, why is the, why is the podcast different from TV? How's it how's it changed? Because it's just my voice. I'm 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 more used to the visual medium of the on air stuff. Yes, I I do do TV and I do do print both, but I'm not that familiar with podcasting and with radio work. So it is a new medium for me to some extent. I'm sort of used to just being on air for two or three minutes at a time and not being you know on my game for a half an hour at a time <laughs> so it, it's a little bit different it's a little bit different but i have to say my co-hosts make it more more fun if i were doing it alone i'd be like oh, i don't know if i can do it for a whole half an hour by myself but between the three of us we sort of chime in when we feel we have something to say or i don't know it's fun with with three of us yeah you have a nice chat i've, I've listened to a couple and they're great you have a great you know great start chat it's, it's all fun and uh and it is easier, I think, with, with three people as three hosts. So Yeah, so you're doing yours with just one. You're just doing it yourself, right? I am doing it myself at the moment. But uh, you'll see this week we're, we're starting a subscription-only um, side of the site for, for uh, clubs and governors and committee heads. And that will have not podcasts so much, but like educational videos and educational sound bites for clubs and their governors to, to – to help them because what what we're in the business of doing is really educating the boards the committees you know a committee will go out and find a director of tennis or a head pro once every 20 years and they mm -hmm. just the members just don't always know what goes on behind i mean they see the they see the director of tennis or the the pro on the court but they don't all always realize all the work that goes on year-round getting housing getting budgets doing you know continuing education finding employees finding staff you know, it, it, it's nonstop and um, they only see the fun side of it, which is in the cage, as I call it. Yeah. And, yeah. So the, this is that's why you're exposing what, you know, what goes on behind the baseline. Behind the baseline. <laughs> exactly. And uh, so with that said, and one of my questions to you, because you're in the financial world and you're in you're in the news and, and it's a no po issue. Well, immigration is a political issue, but H12, uh, H2B visas. Now, you know, these are visas that are for seasonal workers and they come up a lot in country club life, you know, the summer clubs, the waitresses, the staff, the, the, you know, all the, the sous chefs, they all, a lot of them come from foreign nations and a lot of them come on through H2B visas. They've been difficult to get, especially in the era of Corona. Do you think we'll ever get back to like normality in terms of that side of immigration and that side of the country club life? I'm not sure about that. I would suspect, and this is just complete guess, that once the vaccinations are rolled out to everybody, not just the 65 and older or whatever the mm -hmm. age limits currently are, I mean, there may be some sort of changes to that, but it is just a guess at the moment. And, and in terms of normal, I'm not even sure what normal is actually going to look like. I mean, are the are we going to have to, you know, show our 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 paperwork every time we travel to show that we are in fact vaccinated. I don't know what it's going to look like. I mean, the, your guess is probably as good as mine on that front. I ask that because I, I've been looking, 
you know, my wife works in, in an office. Uh, most of my friends who have left New York were working in offices. Now they're working from home. I'm not so sure that we're going to go back to a nine to five, five day a week. I think people have gotten the taste of a work-life balance and they're going to go back to employers. Now, employers might force them back in, but I have a feeling people will say, well, I'm not going to come in five days a week. I'll be in there two or three days a week. What do you think about that? Right. And, there, right. and there's also a financial element, too, because the employers now are looking at their bottom line saying, well, you know, we have saved how much by not having an actual office and we're just as productive as we have been. So I'm not sure we'll ever go back to that 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 five day a week into the office daily grind. Now, maybe there'd be some sort of hybrid uh, model that companies will adapt, but I I sort of think that the going into the office every day is is toast. I, I think so too. I, I you know I, I also think if, if I were an employer in that situation, I'm an employer, but you know we commute to the tennis courts. Um, but if I were an employer, a the commercial space, but b I just think you know if an hour from you think about like you know Mattapoisett to Boston, if you're going to commute, or where I grew up, Westchester County into New York, it's an hour each way. You lose an hour of productivity. I know you can be productive on a train in some ways, but a lot of people drive, can't be as productive. You're at home. The minute you're at home, you flip on your computer, you're productive. You know, and yes, you're yes, yes, you're yes. You're yeah, and you know, the, the, the Mattapoisett to Boston drive, when I was growing up, it was exactly an hour. Now it's anywhere. It could, could take two and a half, could be three hours. Um, but, you know, does anyone really want to return to that? I don't, the car? I don't, yeah, I don't no. think so. I don't think so either. And I think the companies are like, well, you know, we have saved how much money and everyone seems to be fine and everyone's happy and everyone's productive. But there's going to be have some probably new some pro- new protocols in place to make sure that people aren't, you know, totally taking advantage of the situation, because I'm imagining yeah. I'm imagining people will be taking advantage of the situation. <laughs> I'm working from home in Geneva. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> working from home and they're like, you know, out on the golf course or, or on the yeah. tennis courts. But. <laughs> I'd like to welcome our first sponsor here at BeyondTheBaselines.com podcast, and that's Play by Court, PlayByCourt.com. Choosing the right technology partner is not an easy task. However, staying with the same outdated provider can be a costly decision. And with today's fast-changing environment, well, you need a partner that will help you adapt to the ever-growing needs of your members. At Play by Court, well, they provide the best technology solution customized for your club with their app. Your members can easily manage their profile. They, they can book courts, programs, lessons. They can pay. I asked Andre, show me the payment solutions. It's fantastic. And your members can communicate directly with members and you, the staff. So please go have a look at playbycourt.com and see what really matters most to your members. Your club, your rules, your software. Playbycourt.com. Speaking about moving out of New York, you're one of these people. I mean, you've gone out of the state. You know, they're studying this. I mean, both sides of the political aisle are looking at, you know, New York, California, people moving to Texas, Florida. You're one. Here you are. You're living in in, uh, Florida. And and what were your motivations? I mean, aside from the weather, but obviously you don't have to be. I mean, you know, used to have to like when I would see you on Fox, I guess you'd go into the studio, wouldn't you? I I mean, I remember seeing you on Facebook. Yes, but now you're yeah. just doing it at home, right? Same thing. Well, yeah, so exactly. So I came down actually to your neck of the woods, to Vero, for a speaking engagement um, with Andy Sewer and, and Andy Scranton. And Andy Sewer runs Yahoo Finance. And we were talking about the state of the media industry. And this was March of 2020. 
And right around this time, New York was shutting down. So I pretty much never went back to the city after that. I ended up buying a place and closing in June down here. Everything just sort of escalated. My original plan was to, at some point, move to Florida, but never in my wildest dreams did I think I would move to Florida at this point in my life. But because you can do everything remotely and you can do TV hits right out of your living room with, with the right lighting and the right computer <laughs> setup and the right sound system, you're good to go. So for me to ever go back to the studio and go through an hour of hair and makeup and all that stuff, oh, I don't, I don't miss it at all. And I don't suspect that side of the business is ever going to return either. The hair, the makeup, all the stuff. People look just as good on the Zoom calls on air as they yeah. ever did on in the studio. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah, I, I, you know, I love being able to, you know, brush my hair, put on a nice shirt and get on. And then that's it. And then that's yeah, it. It's amazing. With my blue jeans on underneath, you know. Um, but it, 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 that's it. You know, it's so much easier. And it's, and do you miss New York? Do you miss the sophistication? Do you miss the theater? Do you miss the, the re I mean, the restaurants really aren't open, but do you miss it at all? Oh, that's funny you asked me that, Ed, because the, the, the sophistication, I guess I, I do. I do miss that. I mean, I feel like everyone in New York City is motivated, charged, ready to go, ready to hit the ground running. And, you know, down here, it's more like, hey, what time do you want to hit a few balls? What time do you want to bike? Or do you want to meet for coffee? Or do you want to meet for happy hour? So it, <laughs> it is a <laughs> different lifestyle. <laughs> However, uh, I will say yeah. that uh, a lot of the New York money, money people are, are here. The hedge fund yep. guys are all here. The financial yep. firms are coming here. They're Miami. They're Palm Beach. They're all over the bars. They're all over the restaurants. So there is some intellectual stimulation uh, from New York City coming down this way. It's not just all retirees who, you know, want to hang out down here. There's a nice mix. And the younger people, too, are coming here. So a lot of the millennials have relocated yep. here. Yep. Some of them are living with their parents. Some of them have found homes, whatever homes are left in the West Palm Beach area. There's no inventory down here. There's probably like a two or three month supply. That's it. So I think I bought the last, the last apartment in Palm Beach on the island that was affordable because now everything is ridiculously out of control on the, on the price front. Well, you'll always be able to rent it. Let's put it that way. I mean, it's a great investment. And uh, you probably bought just before the the crush, you know, you, you bought it, you know, just at the beginning of this whole thing. So well done to you, you know, you're, you're economic and savvy. Um, yes. <laughs> now let's talk about this because here, bring it back to tennis and uh, fitness, which you, you both, both a big part of your life. Um, have you seen a lot more tennis? I know you used to go to Palm beach cause you know, you have family connections there, but uh, have you seen the tennis courts busier down there? Have you seen the numbers of players as, as we've, has been publicized it's been immense but has it been that way in palm beach as well oh it's packed down here i mean golf is also i mean you can't the tea times forget it tennis courts yeah forget it the, the courts are definitely jammed down here i saw from the usta there was like a 22 percent increase in participation last year nationally yep um down here it's people have are like addicted to tennis i have a friend or two one friend in particular who played almost every day through COVID, and she said it was her complete saving grace that kept her mentally alive and felt like you know she was going to get through this so you know while i have biking and and some of the other outlets and occasionally tennis to get me through the day it really helped to get her through the pandemic and i also saw the t statistics showing that on a scale of one to ten with one being the safest Tennis is a two, so it's the same as yep. pumping gas or ordering takeout. Other sports, swimming, playing basketball, football, I mean, that's much more uh, dangerous. So I feel like 
tennis is a good example of a sport that is really well suited to a pandemic. And because we also are outside all the time down here, it really, mm -hmm. really took off. It really took off in the Palm Beach area. You have my age group playing. You have the younger kids getting into the game. Clothing sales, as it appears, it appears like that stuff is like everything's sold out. Um, yeah. there's, there's nothing to buy the tennis skirts, tennis shirts, tennis sneakers, very hard to find all that stuff. So big, big uptick, not only nationally, but especially in pockets like Palm beach, Miami, and some of these other warmer climates. No, I mean, it's, it's one of my members, uh, is, is, is down in uh, Boca Grande and he's a young, he just got married, a younger member. And, and he said, he wanted to give me some business over the winter. He's like, Hey Ed, can you order me a couple of Wilson blades? We're still waiting. I, you cannot get a blade from Wilson. Uh, just not happening. I mean, they're sold out and supply lines are a little slow. So, you know, I hear you. Now here, yes, here's, yeah. in golf, you're right. I think there were 10 million more rounds um, in 2020 than there were in 2019. Here's what I think is going to happen when you get back down there after your summer up in Mattapoisett. The ladies' leagues are going to really start in fall, in the fall. And that is going to be an amazing court crunch. Because just think of it now. You've got all these people playing tennis now. And in Palm Beach County, the Palm Beach County Women's Tennis Association, it takes over all the courts from 1030 to about 2. It's going to be incredible to see how the directors of tennis juggle that one. Are you going to I, you're right. Team? You're right. I think it's just getting going. I mean, I feel like yeah. people now are becoming really hooked on it. You know, we had nearly 3 million new players pick up a racket last year. And a lot mm -hmm. of those were in the Palm Beach area. I mean, that's almost a 50% uptick. And again, it's yep. the different generations too. So you have the kids who are starting to like it. They've been doing the clinics. Um, the cardio tennis down here is, is very hot. People really seem to like that because it's a fun group activity and they partner you with people who are at the same level. Right. So every couple of days, people are, 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 are booking me to play tennis. And I, I know you don't believe it, but my, my back end is pretty freaking amazing right now. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> you know, you know so I'm getting you? there. I'm know. getting there. I'm getting there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, your tip that you gave me last summer was one of the best tips, which was you said, hey, Vera, do you have a one hand back end or a two hand? And I said, two. And you're like, well, use two hands. So, <laughs> you know, amazingly, now that I have both hands on the grip and I'm following through, I am jamming in right down the baseline there. I mean, it's just like, it's when, that was that was one of my best tips from you. Thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you. You know, if you take the left hand off, that means the left hand's not a dominant hand, and on the on the two-handed backhand, the left hand is the dominant hand. If you're a right hand. Mm -hmm, so, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And another go, so. another really important tip that I got from a, another pro down here was um, how important the footwork is because I just been blowing off the footwork, and I don't I didn't really have a very good pair of sneakers, and I got a better pair of sneakers. Uh, Babalo. Babalot. Oops, sorry. You can see I. Okay. <laughs> you can see I'm, I'm learning the the, the tennis. <laughs> but um, yeah, so those they're much more flexible than my older pair, and the footwork is incredibly important. You have to you know get into position and get the. There, there's a lot of different things to think about now that I hadn't previous, previously thought about. So my game is much better, definitely. Well, I can't wait to see it this summer. We'll we'll, uh, we'll have to bang some balls up there. Now you. You grew up playing tennis, right? I mean, it was not foreign to you as a kid, right? You played, and did you play at the casino right. too? Did you play up there? Yeah. The Madison, you know? Yeah, I, I learned, I, I pretty much learned down here and uh, at, also at Sipican. Um, I did okay. the, I did a lot of the tennis clinics down there. Um, and then we did like the little sailing program right around the corner at the yacht club there. So it was, uh, it was, it was a wonderful childhood summers, great memories as a kid growing up there because it was a lot of tennis 
a lot of sailing, um, a lot of ice cream bars and, and, and grape soda. Back in the day, they had at, at Civican, they had a soda machine and it was 25 cents a soda. So every time after we were finished with our lessons, we would run into my mom's station wagon, grab a quarter out of the glove compartment and get a Fanta grape soda or an orange soda. <laughs> it, was a big, it was a big tradition of, of mine. I loved the grape soda or orange Fanta. That was, and, and after my lesson, that's the first thing I wanted. You're, you have family down in Newport. You go down there sometimes. Um, you know, do you play down there at all? Do you ever go to the Hall of Fame? A little bit in Newport. Um, but last summer was kind of like when I really started get, becoming interested, more interested in tennis. And then, you know, it's funny because after you start getting good, you're improving a little bit, you want to play more. And mm -hmm. people never really used to ask me to play until I moved down here. Now people are asking me to play, you know, on a, almost every couple of days they're asking me to play. But yes. <laughs> I do have family in Newport, and um, I love the the tennis hall of fame. Just going there, it, I, I don't know if you've been there in a while, but it's just it's it's I love it's beautiful to look at. It is. The courts are fantastic. You know, beautiful. Mm -hmm. The building is stunning. I love the mm -hmm. shop. I think some of the stuff they have in the shop is fantastic. You know, like all the they have really cool stuff in the shop. Yes, they yeah. do. They have like fun like gag gifts, tennis gifts. They have some of the more serious stuff. But yeah, the, the gift shop is incredible. Yeah, if you're gonna go to the, if you're gonna go to the Hall of Fame, definitely stop in the shop. It's, it's worth the stop. It is. Um, I gotta ask you a couple of things. Like when we went to the U.S. Open. Uh, you know, remember I asked you to join me. You were in New York still. You're still living there, and I uh, had an extra ticket, and uh, we went to the the Open. And what was your most interesting facet of the Open? I mean. What, what sticks in your mind from going to the U.S. Open in New York? Well, first of all, going to the U.S. Open is has always been one of my favorite things to do. I have loved going to the U.S. Open. It's just the energy is so great. Walking around the area is fun. I don't even care if the seats are. I mean, I a couple of years I had like front row seats because I knew someone at AT&T. And, you know, lucky me, I got got in and had these incredible seats but it doesn't even matter about the seats it's just fun to just walk around see people playing and i think my one of my favorite memories of our going there a couple of years ago was just watching the the, the kids play remember we went to the practice rounds right and we that, saw we the, went to the junior we went to the juniors the juniors we went over and watched the juniors yeah the juniors it was great watching that junior that one girl young yeah, it was girl. a girl she was from florida and mm -hmm. i think her name was price um but that was a great match. She was playing somebody from France, remember? That was a great match. And her parents were on the sidelines there, like, you know, yep. <laughs> sort, of cheering around, <laughs> sort of cheering yeah. around, sort of nervous. So for that me, it's like, real, yeah, it's really fun to watch the young kids. I mean, yes, it's fun to watch. You know, I, I'm a, I love Roger Federer and, you know, it's great to, to, to watch him in particular play. And Nadal, I love Nadal. Um, those are two of my favorite on, on the men's uh, side of things, but I'm happy going to the U.S. Open anytime. Anytime someone presents me with tickets, no matter where they are, nine times out of ten, I say yes if I can actually do it, because it's just it's tennis and the it, the way they play, they make it look so easy, and yep. the, the power and everything else. I mean, I didn't. I I uh, yeah. I I miss. I, I mean, I, I I miss being at those types of sporting events. I watched a little bit of the 
um, Australian Open, uh, but that, I don't know. I, I, I'm more in, the U.S. Open is more my thing, but um, I, the, the, yeah. the overnight thing is tough on the Australian. I mean, you can watch the replays, but overnight is, is tough. You know, I I always go, whenever I go to a major, and I've been, you know, every every major, um, and I think the U.S. Open is my, it's probably, I don't know, I, I, it's tough to rank them, but I always love the outdoor courts. I love the outdoor courts. The little courts where we watch the juniors or where you go and watch the early rounds of the mixed doubles. You get right next to them and see how their coach reacts and see the see the dad rolling his eyes like we watched the dad roll his eyes when his daughter put it in the bottom of the net. <laughs> and and you know that, you know, when I watch my daughter and I roll my eyes, I'm not alone. You know, <laughs> it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. The parents are so stressed out watching the kids play. Yeah. I get it. I mean, even when I was going out to Indian Wells to watch my nephew be a ball boy at the Paribus tournament out there, like I was nervous and he was just a ball boy. So right. you don't want the kid to like mess up or toss the ball to the wrong person or whatever else. But yeah, that's uh, that's my that was that was my experience as being a uh, a stage mom, fake stage mom. Fake mom. <laughs> <laughs> the kids call me fake mom because I'm not a mom, but uh, uh, you know, like it's fun to it's fun to watch my little nephew, one that nephew in particular who's really good doing his ball boy duties or even playing at Sipican. I know he had a couple of sixteen and under last good last matches. Month. Yeah, mm-hmm. great, great matches. Not to be political, but to 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 talk about politics in a fun way with sports joe biden's in office now and uh and i'm wondering does he play golf and and you know like, here's the here's why i asked that is is fox would get on when barack was playing golf on the vineyard or the clintons were on the vineyard playing golf then cnn would get on you know under trump's case because he was out at one of his clubs playing golf how are they going to pick on joe biden and his golf or what are they going to pick on joe biden for in terms of sports or is there anything they can pick on him about sports? I don't know. Do you? Politics, schmalitics. You know, I wasn't even sure. And uh, no Poe podcast does not discuss this, but I will, for your benefit, discuss what uh, all I know, which is not much other than Joe Biden does, in fact, play golf. Okay. He apparently is a pretty good golf player, actually. He belongs to a couple of clubs, I think, in, in Delaware. Um, and he's apparently as good as Trump. If you know, like, so they're in the same league. Now, will the media go after him for playing X number of days? I doubt it. I don't, I also don't think he'll, he'll get out there as often as, as, as Trump did during his presidency. But I know that Biden likes to stay fit and likes to stay active. And I know he has a Peloton. So that's, that's all I know on that. Okay. Yeah. Is, is the media going to attack him for probably not? Yeah. yeah. No, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I it's know. always funny to see how they get sports and, you know, I mean, who shows up at the white house is that's politics but you know playing golf is not political i just don't see it as political although the media sometimes can make it feel like as such because they cover it in such a funny way you know even things like uh you know the army navy game you know you would you would think in the age of covid that it would be big that the president was there but it wasn't always presented as such you know i don't know i just was trying to figure out how biden's going to get into trouble playing golf i don't think he will i kind of agree with you um, and I'm, I'm, I'm sad that the presidents don't really play tennis. I wish they played tennis more because I think I'm a tennis guy. I'm not a golf guy, but that would um, be but, great if they actually helped. Yeah, that would be imagine that if they actually played tennis. Well, Barack, the Obamas do play tennis. I know that, okay. that they play. So um, so they they were a tennis playing family. But uh, as of now, I don't think the Bidens or the Clintons played tennis. I don't know. 
Um, and finally, because you're in Palm Beach, has mm-hmm. the traffic gotten any better since Mr. Trump is no longer our president? We're talking about. <laughs> I'm choking. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm choking. It just over politics in general makes me choke. Um, no, the oh, traffic God. is pretty I'm bad down here. I'm talking about traffic. I'm talking about traffic. Is it? Okay, is traffic. It, we can talk about. Yeah, the traffic it, is pretty bad down here. <laughs> um, it gets backed up in the in the afternoons. I mean, it's sometimes miles and miles and miles from Mar-a-Lago, um, almost all the way into town. So. Well, I always thought it was a really smart thing by the Department of Transport to, to change the bridge there during you know the presidency. Not the smartest timing for that because the construction is just horrific down there and the bridge feels like the bridge has been under construction for forever like i mean it seems like it has anyway i've been coming down here for a long time and it seems like there's maybe not that much progress being made on the bridge i don't really know but it seems like they're working on it most days but i don't see any real i don't see progress when i go by and i go by every once in a while i mean not that often not like you every day Hey, yeah. when you go down to Mandalapan, do you pass the bridge? I mean, do you go that way? Is that how you Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Yeah, I do. I do go that way. Um, and it's sort of a stressful route because there is quite a bit of traffic and there are policemen or traffic guys directing you in and yep. out. And the cars don't necessarily like the bikers down here. A lot of them don't um, because I can sort of, you know, creep up on the side and get ahead of them, <laughs> which they don't love. <laughs> But that is part of my route. So, yeah, I do A1A all the way to Manalapan and then back. And that part of the, the, the bike ride stresses me out the most because right there. there's a lot yeah. of cars, a lot of people. They have the stop signs and they have the slow signs, you know, the pause, this, that. People are honking. It's a roundabout. So, yeah. You know, people in Florida, yeah. know, not like Massachusetts where you have roundabouts, traffic circles all over the place. We have one in Florida that I know of. It's right there. <laughs> you know? Right. Um, right. But yeah. You know, yeah. By exactly. osmosis, you must be getting good on tennis because you pass the famous Mar-a-Lago, which has a tennis club, tennis courts. Then you pass the bath and tennis, the B&T, the elite bath and tennis club right there, which is, you know, some of the windiest courts up on the, over the beach that I've ever played on. And then you keep going down further. You have Sloan's Curve, which is another community with like six beautiful courts. And then you get down to like, uh, what is it, Gulfstream down there. I mean, there's like tennis courts all the way down. And then, and then there's FIPS down there too, the public facility. So, you know, do you, do you feel like you're getting better just by biking past all these tennis clubs? And, you know, the rec centers, the rec center down here is pretty popular, too. But, yes, there's a, there's a lot of different tennis options down here. There's something for everyone on that front. I don't know what people are doing about the wind situation, though, because the last three weeks ish, it's been so windy. So it's been yeah. I, I've got like a headwind either going to Manalapan or coming back. So I don't know how people on the courts handle that. But do they play in these circumstances or are they well, wait until like a, those a those two thing? courts that the most exposed at the at the BNT club, I, I, I don't know how they could play in like a northern wind, northeast wind. I, up here in Vero, we've had a strong northeast wind. Um, it's It's been tough. You know, feeding has been a challenge uh, when I'm out in the courts during the wind. But um, but there's some really exposed courts in Florida all over. But uh, yeah, this has been the coldest and windiest winter. Uh, I've been in Florida 12 years. It's by far the coldest and windiest. And I know most people are loving it down here because of weather. But we've, we we Floridians in our second halves of our lives are like, where's, where's the summer? Make the 
big move north? I know you're going north to, to, to do some family business tomorrow, but when are you going to, you know, that's the that's the key decision everybody makes. You know, when's the date? When are you going? When, you know, what, what are you thinking? What's your plan for the summer? Well, the summer will be back in Mattapoisett, ideally. I mean, that's, that's, to me, that's heaven. I just love it there in the summertime. So, but I think I'll stay down here a little bit longer. I mean, I feel like the season has been starting later and going longer. So I think mm-hmm. I'll probably motivate and probably drive from Florida to Mattapoisett, maybe at the end of June, possibly early July. I mean, things don't really get happening there until end of June. The weather's sort of iffy until June-ish, late June. And the mm-hmm. weather down here is actually beautiful in June. And then it gets ridiculously hot, as you know. The July and August and September, well, it's very, very hot. September's the worst. Yeah, September's yeah. Worst. It's so humid. You walk outside just, just to, like, you know, I don't know, check on the car or something. You're sweating bullets. It's, it's, it's terrible. It's, it's yeah. horrible. Terrible. But, it's a little rough. You know. I'm going up earlier this year. I, I think the clubs in, in New England are going to be open earlier because kids aren't in school up there. They're in school one day a week, two a day a week. So the, the moms and dads are hoping that the clubs open early so that they can get their kids out on the tennis courts as homeschoolers by 12 noon. You know, as we yeah, work from home, yeah. as we work from home and, and dodge off at lunchtime, so are the kids. So I think it's going to be an interesting summer in that regard that the kids will be around a lot earlier than they usually are. And I think, you know what, you might be up there earlier than July. I think you'd be up, you know, You'll see. You'll be like, it's getting a little warm down here. Time to migrate. I think it's going to be a better summer. I mean, I had a, I had a really good summer last year. I mean, you know, obviously the priority was to stay safe and protect my mother and family yep. and, and, you know, do everything you're supposed to do, the masks, the hand washing, the this, the that. I'm continuing that, obviously, as smart people are. But I, I think it's going to be people are going to feel maybe mentally a little bit more alive and a little less depressed as we yep, round yep. the bend here and people will get the vaccines and the first one and the second one. And I guess, you know, by, by summer, some of us will have already had, you know, both doses of all yeah, ages. Yeah. Like that, it, it's looking highly likely anyway, if, if, if what I've seen on the news is factually true. true. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's going to be, oh no, I think it's going to be a good summer. I think it's going to be a busier summer than we had last year. And I know last year, based on what I saw was going on at your club there that it was, uh, or my club too, it was, it was packed. I mean, the cardio tennis was so much fun. I like the Thursday nights. Uh, yeah. I know you have early in the morning at seven. I don't really like to play, play tennis at seven, but I'm, I'm good at oh, we, four o'clock. We have 8 a.m. too. We have seven and 8 a.m. So you, you know, you can be there by eight, but I think <laughs> I'm used to, dinner. you know, I'm used to getting up early in the morning, but I just like to relax and have my coffee. I don't like to get out there and play that early. No, it's, it's, it's funny. The, the, the older, demographic shall i say we're, we're there at seven then some of the younger demographics showed up at eight and then these these the 5 30 or 6 p.m to 7 30 8 o'clock at night that was all young <laughs> that was like when the, with the beers oh. after it was a whole oh, social funny. scene couldn't you and, and then it was funny because they all split into parties of like four or smaller to go to different people's homes to be safe you know like they wanted to have wine and cheese it was like max of four people at each house it was it was very smart yeah well that was fun that's the idea like you play play tennis for a while to meet meet some new friends and then when you're done get off the courts and it is time for some wine and cheese and that's whatever right. else a little bit a little bit of socializing you know social distance socializing but it's it was it was fun i think this summer is going to be even 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 more fun well i look forward to seeing you up there in the summer and on the south coast of massachusetts vera thank you so much for your time and thank you for being here on the podcast thank you for having me 
Thank you so much for listening this week. We really appreciate it. I just want to let everyone know that our introductory music is by Ed Shanafee Sr. and his amazing trio. And All the Chapter Breaks is original music by my daughter, Olivia Shanafee. We hope to hear more from them as we continue this podcast through 2021. And we hope to see more of you as well. Thanks for listening. to BeyondTheBaselines.com podcast. It's a pleasure bringing you each week's news and views and great guests from our tennis, fitness, and country club industries. You can always reach the team here at BeyondTheBaselines at gmail.com or on the phone at 508-538-1288. Please do visit our website at www.BeyondTheBaselines.com, which is updated regularly with even more information for you, your club, or your facility. See you again soon.